think I remember you. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. I welcome you here on a Tuesday evening. Tuesday evening. It is the 24th of May. It's a beautiful... I always like the date. May 24th. Always a nice day. So it's warm. It's sunny over here. Hopefully it's pleasant where you are. But even if it's not pleasant, we can make a pleasant time of it, can we? Um, we have a slightly shorter program tonight. As I will be cutting this off around 8.15, 8.20 or so to jump into band practice. Because we have a, a gig in Queens. Didn't think I'd ever say that again. We have a gig in Queens on Wednesday, June 1st. So, um, we're just, uh, we're just keeping sharp because we did a lot of practicing for the last show. So, it's just here and there. And, uh, I just wanted to come on tonight and I want to do something a little bit light. A little bit lighter. So, we're going to be talking about restitution tonight. That is making wrongs right. That is flipping the script on a really, really dense chapter in life or something you want to forget, something you, you think that you have responsibility in or whatever, whatever. Life takes you places. Definitely not talking about the latest shooting. We, want, we, 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 can, we can spend time together talking about uh, body, body counts and then we can go through the reaction from all of the reactionaries. God knows what's going to be piling up with everybody making absolutist smarmy comments about life and how precious it is, even though these are these are smirking baby killers. And now we're, it's all about guns. So on uh, on cue, we're, we're living through again another a storm, a storm of of shootings and we're not going to be talking about it. Not going to talk about it. Why? So, so we can catch our breath with that one, and then another one pops up, and it, it doesn't matter. And nothing changes. Nothing changes, but the, the assault continues from the outside in. Um, so welcome. Welcome, welcome. And if you needed something to help you relax tonight, pop open uh, a pack of some pre-rolls from SecretNatureCBD.com. That's what everybody needs a little of sometimes. Some some full-spectrum CBD cultivated by experts in their field over the last 20 years. Organic grown cannabis flower. So high in CBD, so ridiculously low in THC that it can ship anywhere in the United States and probably its many territories without any problems because it's legal. It's legally defined as hemp. So uh, there you have it. And you won't be locked to your couch. You'll still be able to do all types of complex movement and and uh, multitasking. And it's, it's a great, great thing. So go check out SecretNatureCBD.com. Is use the promo code, frankly, F-R-A-N-K-L-Y, for 20% off of everything you buy whenever you buy it. Okay, what else do we have on the list here? Well, you know, there is some stuff I think is really interesting. I'm going to be... I'm going to be doing a little bit extra booking probably in starting in the, the month of June because I have a friend of mine that I'm talking to that I think we're going to be able to do some work together. Personal friend of mine from years ago. And he's a very talented booker. 
So if you thought, man, we are really in high gear. Yes. Well, we have to we have to make a lot of things really kick into gear. So definitely we will find we will finally find an exorcist. I will get an exorcist to answer us and to talk with us. I have a few in mind. I'm going to I'm going to give people assignments now. Find this man. Find this woman. So that'll be fun. But for now, we have wonderful people on the schedule already. Really, really great stuff going on all throughout this week. We have a, a, a special in-studio guest that's popping in on Friday night. That'll be a lot of fun. You don't know who it is. I don't know what I'm doing on Saturday night yet, we'll, but we'll be here. Memorial Day no-show. Rich Barris comes back on Tuesday, the 31st. Like I said, June 1st, I'll be off for 7 o'clock, but I'll go live sometime in the middle of the day to do a little bit of a headline roundup and, and talk to the chat room a little bit. Jim Lee will be on with us on June 8th. Talk about grand solar minimums, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're going back into climate and the atmosphere and things like that. Justin Polgar from yescacao.com. That'll be a trippy night. We'll be talking about chocolate and uh, psychedelics and uh, all that fun stuff. Chris Ann Hall, June 15th. Jeff Harmon, the astrologer. He's coming back on June 23rd. So we haven't talked, uh, spoken with Jeff since uh, March 21st, I think. So uh, I figured three, three or so months, good enough to have him back on. I want to talk to him about things like longevity. Like the, you know, how, how long should a person be living? We talked a little bit about that with Jay Gulinello and whatnot. But also other things like how do coronal mass ejections from the sun impact the way that you do any of these astrological readings and things like that. We'll have a lot of people uh, really enjoy when Jeff comes on. So that'll be another fun, fun night. And I'm looking forward to it already. So that's what we have. Six degrees of separation. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be on Thursday. And we have 19 wonderful replies already. So get onto Reddit. And if you, if you don't have the link to it, you can email me. Quite frankly, podcast at gmail.com. Six degrees of separation from Thursday. Do you have any relatives, friends, relatives or friends of historical, cultural importance? So royalty, uh, are you like six times removed from a prince from some exotic land? Uh, Famous musicians, athletes, inventors, politicians, or even gangsters, serial killers, whatever the hell else, bank robbers. I want to hear about them all. Pirates. We had somebody that had a pirate in their family from down in Louisiana. Anything goes. And uh, and then there you have it. So get in touch with me if you haven't put your two cents into that thread. And I'll make sure to have everybody in there by Thursday night. All right. Well, on to... Uh, the UN is very upset with everybody. They're probably very upset with our coverage of last night's show, but they're not watching us. Mind your language. The UN scolds homophobic and racist monkeypox coverage. Right. What we should have said was this has been the most diverse spread of a disease that we have seen in the 21st century so far. Like don't 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 talk, don't talk about where you're seeing this shit pop up. Oh god. So, I mean, the United Nations, very upset. They said it's been, it's, we're racist and homophobic. 
It's irresponsible to talk about how this is not this is a significant proportion. This is from UNAIDS says a significant proportion of recent monkeypox cases have been identified among gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men, leading to some portrayals of Africans and LGBT people gravely reinforce homophobic and racist stereotypes, exacerbating stigma. And on the eve of Pride Month, too, the last thing we want anybody to do is to, to go to, to uh, Christopher Street with, with monkeypox in the back of their minds. So you, you can't report on anything. Even if that's the trend you're seeing, you can't report on anything. Now, even me, I'm reading through it. I'm going, okay, well, obviously... This is not uh, this is not the rule. Like it, there's no there's no contagion that is only going to uh, infect gay people. But there's certain activities that are going to probably make transmission of any type of disease a little bit uh, easier to I don't know get kicked off and rolling down that hill. But you can't say anything. Walking on eggshells for everything. But fuck the UN anyway. Who cares what the hell they think? Stupid criminal organization. Ruin the world. Uh, here's Breitbart, though. Remember we were talking about, over and over again, the treaties. Yes, it's illegal. Yes, it is treason to be engaging in any of these international um, debates about whether or not any kind of national sovereignty and decision-making should be delegated and surrendered to international governing bodies that nobody elected, whether it be an American uh, a governance situation, because we deal with mostly America uh, issues that pertain to us over here in the U.S., but any other free country out there. What does the U.N., WHO treaties really mean? And what does a little chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at domestic action really mean? You know, we ask those questions. Now, in the U.S., we say there is no provision in the treaty clause. There is no provision in our Constitution that would ever allow legally for a group of people who care about what is legal and what isn't to give away. Then again, we live in a country that has already been given away. So they don't care. We understand that there are people that don't care. They they have made a they've nested inside of our government. Many of them are unelected. We don't even know who the hell they are. They inhabit the bureaucracies. They 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 let things flow or they freeze them in place based on their whims and uh, and the orders of their superiors. But as we said, while they will continue larping their way across the international um, stage. The one thing or another, global response teams for pandemics now and future. This is what was really necessary. Ron DeSantis, there is no way Florida will support WHO global pandemic treaty. Now, obviously, he's not going to be governor there forever. And hopefully whoever comes and fills his spot when he is no longer constitutionally allowed to serve as governor in the state of Florida will be just as... uh, clear-minded and as resolute as he is but this is exactly what is necessary localities saying hey to all the traitors in the senate 
who are gallivanting around with these globalist types at Davos and everywhere else. You can make all the deals you want and you can pretend that they're legitimate as much as you want, but you can go fuck yourself. So they need you need a governor, you need a state attorney general, and on local uh, on local district levels, county levels, you need to have a sheriff you can trust, who would even go up against his own governor, and say no. So good for Ron DeSantis. For as long as he's there, he's going to be he's going to be one of the the, the better advocates for citizens of his state. But back to the war front. It is 7.08. We're making all right time here. Here's the headlines. And I guess it it, uh, it um, made a lot of people scratch their heads considering the source. Blue checks on Twitter, I guess. Furious after Henry Kissinger, who is now 137 years old, says Ukraine should cede territory for peace with Russia. Veteran U.S. statesman Henry Kissinger has urged the West to stop trying to inflict a crushing defeat on Russian forces in Ukraine, warning that it would have disastrous consequences for the long-term stability of Europe. Quote, I hope the Ukrainians will match their heroism that they have shown with wisdom. The former U.S. Secretary of State and architect of the Cold War uh, reproachment between the U.S. and China told the gathering of elites that it would be fatal for the West to get swept up in the mood of the moment and forget the proper place of Russia in the European balance of power. It's not the mood of the moment, though. This is, this is protecting an asset. This is protecting an asset. Okay, they have, they have made big investments in Ukraine and they've also caused a lot of damage. They broke it, so they believe that they bought it. <laughs> that's that's really what it comes down to. Negotiations need to begin in the next two months before it creates upheavals and tensions that will not be easily overcome. Ideally, the dividing line should be a return to the status quo ante. Pursuing the war beyond that point would not be about freedom of Ukraine, but a new war against Russia itself. That is exactly what this is about from the get-go. But of course, he wouldn't be able to... Can't, can't say all that out there for example if this was really a world war ii like uh or forget world war ii let's just say that this was a completely unprovoked attack invasion that was all about expanding russia's reach just a, a a sliver more as if there's any more room to grow a sliver more if that, and that was the only motivating factor out there. If that really was it, then there would be a lot more people up in arms about this. A lot more. But the problem is that NATO is the only one that is truly concerned about everything. Because NATO um, and through them all of the Western intelligence and everything else, they're the ones that have been meddling in Ukraine from the beginning. And it's more of a uh, smoking them out kind of a deal. They're getting smoked out. That's why everybody else is just like, uh, anybody want to make any new trade deals? Because I don't want anything to do with this shit. He continues, the architect of the uh, Detente, 
with China under the Nixon administration suggested that status quo ante means how things were before, implying that Ukraine should accept a peace deal to restore the situation on February 24th, where Russia formally controlled the Crimea Peninsula and informally controlled a part of the Donetsk region in East Ukraine. Oh, he's 98 years old. Unbelievable. So here's some of the responses from Yashar Ali. Henry Kissinger should give himself to the morgue. Wow. Stinging. I don't give a shit about Henry Kissinger, but what do you think Yashar Ali knows about anything? Nothing. William Nee says this is absurdly bad advice. Right. We We should continue. Continue fighting forever and ever and ever. Forever. Just keep going. But of course, Michael Tracy, who lives in New York, and I've, I've uh, asked him a couple of times to come on the show. I hope he accepts one day. Michael Tracy says, what's the alternative to Kissinger's suggestion, if not perpetual war? Because I still remember back in those uh, Halasan days uh, of like 2021, when everyone claimed that they were sick and tired of perpetual war. According to prevailing consensus, the U.S. must indefinitely underwrite Ukraine's war effort with no conditions while incrementally scaling up the U.S.'s own direct military involvement. The same people who moaned about perpetual war now want to be fighting over or fighting for Crimea in 2029. It's it's really sick. It's really sick, and I, I would not really waste your time debating with anybody who thinks that any of that is worthy, a worthy cause, because they're pretty much remote control people. You're not even talking to the owner of them. Can't. You're talking to, like, middle management, most people. You think you're having a conversation directly with a person, but it's really just middle management. They, they, they don't control themselves. Somebody else does. And then George Soros at WEF, or World Economic Forum, that's what's coming up. He said this today, Ukraine invasion may be the start of Third World War. Another guy who just does not go away. Russia's invasion of Ukraine threatens to be the beginning of the Third World War that could spell the end of civilization. Well, if another world war breaks out, you know this guy is going to be out there uh, ratting out all the Jews. If there are Jews to be ratted out and, 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 and pillaged of all of their belongings in Third World War, this guy will be there. Okay? He will live. I don't know how old he is, but he will make sure that he lives until the end of the war as long as, as, long as there's, there's people to be pillaged and hunted down and sold out. He'll be there. So he's like, this may be the Third World War. I Stay awake. I will stay awake. I have not perfect, perfected my my Soros accent. Let's see if he plays this over here. Hold on. The invasion of Ukraine didn't come out of blue. The world has been increasingly engaged in a struggle between two systems of governance. And if there are Jews out there that I can track down and sell to new captors, I will be there. So if this is World War Three, please let me know now, and I will make sure I stay alive. Fucking vampires. They all sound the same. They all sound the same. These old bastards. 
could be the beginning of the world. But, but that's what he says. He says the, even worse so. The invasion may have been the beginning of the Third World War, and our civilization may not survive it. Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't that be upsetting to these, to these creeps? Wouldn't that just be upsetting? Well, that didn't stop this from coming out. Mark Milley, last thing we'll do from the, the grab bag, last thing we will do. Mark Milley warns cadets at West Point who are graduating to prepare for a global war between superpowers fighting with robotic tanks, ships, and planes as brutal Ukraine war continues. What one has to do with the other, you should say, what does one have to do with the other? We have nothing to do with that. You know, there's wars and conflicts and violence going on in other parts of the the world, too. We may be involved with that as well, but in, in clandestine ways. But it's just incredible that there's there's always the, the, the war du jour. Army General Mark Milley, General White Rage, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, challenged cadets to guess how much he weighs and to prepare to fight future wars that may look a little bit, a little, a little like the wars of today. What do the wars of today look like? We don't, we don't know what the wars of today look like. We're told what they look like. We get little glimpses behind the curtain from time to time. We know it's mostly automated anyway. During his address, Millie, the U.S. most senior armed forces officer, or oh, 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 of the most, told grads to prepare for brewing conflict with burgeoning superpowers, China and Russia. The world you are being commissioned into has the potential for a significant international conflict between great powers. Wow. And we're talking about you'll be fighting with robotic tanks, ships, airplanes. We've witnessed a revolution in lethality and precision munitions. What was once the exclusive province of the United States military is now available to most nation states with the money to acquire them. Yes, because we gave it to them. We traded away the technology. We opened it up. China, you, what, what would China be? What would, what would China be doing right now if uh, the Clinton administration didn't catch them up with the United States military in the 1990s? What would China be doing right now? Just as an example. So that's what's happening around the way. Isn't it exciting? Well, we'll be right back and we're going to do a little bit more and, uh, and really sink into some, uh, some stories that will bring you into the fold here. I opened up a restitution line on Discord and we'll be taking calls as well. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gents. It's great to have you on for the Tuesday night excursion. Excuse me, are you a banana? No. One ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
Oh, and for those of you out there who have been following along, welcome to the show, by the way. This is Quite Frankly. Please give this episode a thumbs up, share it with everyone you know, and um, introduce me to people. I would be really uh, grateful for that. I think I make a, a, a wonderful addition to any, any household. But welcome to the show. And I just want to let everybody know who's been following along with the book club. This has been one of the greatest things that we have done in years on the show. In its originality for what we do here as far as a new project, an add-on, some a new thing to bring the audience in. It's been so fun and this book is getting really, really exciting. Malachi Martin's Windswept House. And what I'm going to do is, I think that we should be done with this in about three or four weeks. Because we started off 100 pages at a time, and then we went down to about 50. Because now we are, we're getting into the, the real good, the good portions here, and we're almost done with the book. So what I'm thinking is that when I'm done with this, I am going to upload the entire series of this particular book onto YouTube and other places in an anthology with under every uh, episode, there's going to be a link to that particular Reddit thread. So you can see what other people were seeing and all the the uh, the observations and the predictions and, and how the whole thing played out as a book club and as a reading experience because it's been a lot of fun. And I can't wait to do the next one. And I also can't wait to finally pick the first film club night, give everybody a weekend. I, I guess it should be a weekend uh, assignment, right? Give everybody a film to watch on a Sunday or a Sunday night or, or Saturday night, afternoon, whatever the hell it is. We just got to pick the days that we do film club talk. And um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm really excited how this one has turned out and more stuff like that coming. I have everything written down, including the idea that I, I still want to do a quarterly print newspaper print newspaper every quarter if that's too much then maybe we'll do two two printings a year at first I don't care but um, a lot of stuff coming our way that'll be fun and continue to expand our fun together all right so here's what I want to get into first thing I want to do is I want to give a couple of minutes to Dr. Zelenko now he gave an update from the hospital he's in the hospital that's what I've, uh, I, I saw yesterday and according to him, his situation is not that better, uh, not that much better. But his resolve is is really remarkable. He had a five-minute video he put out. And I just want to play a couple of minutes of it. Because I think that his message, his resolve, the fight, I, I think everything about what he is uh, is putting on display right now as far as his character is really amazing. And and it, it's definitely whether he... Uh, lives for another 5, 10, 30 years. His legacy is definitely going to outlive him and it's going to be a very positive one. So I want to I want to play a few things a few minutes from him. Take a listen to this. This is Dr. Zelenko. This is the guy that um that discovered that discovered pretty much what hydroxychloroquine does uh, and how it acts as an ionophore and how if if governors were going to start following orders of their masters to make it impossible for this very readily available cheap and safe drug to be administered in the middle of a declared pandemic 
for which the 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 virus was uh, responded very very well to that and zinc and vitamin C and everything else. Then he found quercetin. Quercetin. He's the guy who got all of these protocols out. He was the one that got this. Uh, who actually put the bug in in uh, President Trump's ear at the time. That's when President Trump's problems with uh, with talking favorably about uh, HCL or hydroxychloroquine really got uh, got to a fever pitch as well. So he's done a lot of work. He's done a lot of great, great, great work. And uh, you're talking about legacies and character arcs. This is definitely a guy who has left at least his little corner of the world in better shape than he found it. So here he is giving a, a health update from the hospital, but it goes beyond his personal health. Yeah, hi, this is Dr. Zelenko, and I'm making this video from my hospital bed. I uh, just want to give a quick update. Uh, many, many people have expressed their love and prayers, and uh, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Uh, unfortunately, I uh, had a MRI and a transesophageal echocardiogram called a TE, and it found a tumor in my right ventricle. That's the uh, lower right chamber of the heart. And on top of that tumor is a blood clot. Um, that's not pretty good news. It's not good news. And um, the treatment would be to go on blood thinners, which I'm on, to try to dissolve the clot. And then we have to figure out what to do with that tumor. Um, to be frank, if that clot breaks off, that's a ticket to the next world. Uh, also, there are more tumors around my uh, lower left lobe and my lung. So I'm in a precarious situation. However, as D King David writes, even though I walk in the shadow of death, I, f I shall fear no evil, for God is with me. And I do really feel that way, and those words resonate in my soul more now than ever in my life. And there is a Talmudic teaching that even if the sword is on, the, on your neck, a person should never give up hope. And so I'm in a very good state of mind. And as I frequently said, they don't have to carry my body off the battlefield because my resolve to help humanity, the, the vulnerable, the innocent, decent people overcome this uh, terrible darkness and plague that is upon us has never been stronger. And if I have to leave the world, uh, I accept God's will, but I encourage and plead with everyone else to up your game and, and stand up and resist. Uh, resist first within yourselves against giving into fear, and then resist publicly against the policies of tyranny which are coming again. Because it's pretty obvious what's going to happen right now. The World Health Organization, which is essentially funded by the sociopath Gates, is gaining uh, more and more power over sovereign nations. Gates mess messaged, messaged, I think five or six months ago, that smallpox is a big threat, and then uh, supposedly was eradicated in 1980, and it was only found in two labs in uh, America and in Russia, in DSL level four labs, um, the highest maximum security labs. And yet five days after the sociopath criminal Gates uh, said his prophetic words, a few vials of smallpox were found in an unsecure refrigerator in a uh, Merck laboratory in Philadelphia. 
And so it, it's not surprising to me now that we're seeing monkeypox. Uh, I anticipate uh, um, global panic about it. This will be the next media award narrative that uh, will continue the fear campaign to and lockdown campaign and mass campaign to uh, create anxiety, isolate you from people you love, and dehumanize you with with uh, these uh, face diapers. And so this is their playbook, and they're going to keep on uh, sending wave after wave of their evil agenda until we make internal resolutions to kick the evil out from within us. We should, in my opinion, uh, denounce the worship of false gods, the god of technology, the god of science, the god of uh, corrupt governments, money, power, fame, and reconcile our hearts with our creator who's making us anew every instant in time. So that's, that's once again a, uh, a testament of, man, you see people in really sticky situations and, and, and to be so calm and confident. It's, that in itself is inspiring. And it is as serious as he, he puts it out there. It is as serious as that. And I don't know. I, I, I thought that that would be a, a good little way of of maybe just marrying that to what we ended last night's show with when I read from Archbishop Vigano's words about what is, uh, what's being attempted now and, and what it really means. And again, to point fingers at those who are the chief collaborators in the scam. But it just got me thinking about being on a path. And it got me thinking about our individual character arcs and how we end up, how we all end up. You know, did we improve ourselves over the time we're here? Did we learn important lessons that we love sufficiently? And did we make order out of the chaos that we, the chaos that we could impact directly? To look at the chaos of the universe um, or the chaos of your, your community or your state or whatever. There's very little you can do. You focus on what you can, uh, usually your own backyard is something that you can, you can start with, the man in the mirror. But man, oh man, I, uh, I, had to, I had to just play that because it was inspiring as well as it was sobering. And, and it just, uh, oh, I, I just hope that a lot of his people like him, I hope that the, the, the main thing that rubs off of people from, uh, by, by those that we meet in the media and all that, like Dr. Zelenko, is their resolve and their confidence. Their calm confidence and the way to, to the ability to articulate exactly what they're doing and why and um, and who the enemy is. You got to understand who that is. You can't just say it's a war of good and evil and not, not, not be able to know exactly what direction you're aiming in the war. So that's just a little bit right there. Now we're going to be talking about restitution. So to put a little bit of a divider between then uh, and now, that and this, we're going to go on a really very short break. We come back. We're going to be talking about restitution. I got your stories over here. We'll take some calls. It's a shorter night, so I just wanted to dive again into human interest 
human interest, open up the lines and have some talk radio that we can remember and not have it be tied to the headlines of the day because there's nothing more dated than the headlines of the day. In fact, it's, it's completely irrelevant, usually 72 hours later. What does that do for a talk radio archive? It does a lot more when you can jump back into the archives and you can say, this is going to be relevant today. This conversation, that joke, this whatever, that story, hitchhiking, whatever the hell else. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You'll never write well if you fear dying. Do you? Yeah, I do. I'd say it's probably, might be my greatest fear, actually. Well, it's something all men before you have done, all men will do. I know, I know. Have you ever made love to a truly great woman? Actually, my fiance is pretty sexy. And when you make love to her, you feel true and beautiful passion, and you, for at least that moment, lose your fear of death. No, that, that doesn't happen. I believe that love that is true and real creates a respite from death. All cowardice comes from not loving or not loving well, which is the same thing. And when the man who is brave and true looks death squarely in the face, like some rhino hunters I know, or Belmonte, who's truly brave, it is because they love with sufficient passion to push death out of their minds until it returns as it does to all men. And then you must make really good love again. Think about it. Quite frankly, listen live or download it and take it with you wherever you go while you're driving, walking, working, or having <laughs> dirty dog. For all things, go to quitefrankly.tv. If you like what you see, become a sponsor. Quite Frankly streams live weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern wherever you get your podcast. So for everything, it's quitefrankly.tv. Did you have a good time working with your dad? Well, no, because he tricked me. I thought it was a comedy, but it was actually a drama. What does your dad do? Keep my name out your fucking mouth! So a couple of weeks ago, I asked the following of the audience, and let me just say that we have a very healthy subreddit now on Reddit for the show. So the official forum of the show, where I source a lot of these threads and I get, um, we have created wonderful shows. And for as long as we are there, we will continue to create wonderful formats together. Here's the thread from 22 days ago. Making restitution, share with us a story of making a wrong right again. A sincere act to make amends with a person you hurt, replacement of something you stole, or repairing something you damaged. A physical act to clean your conscience. And how did you feel afterwards? What was the result? You know, because I'll tell you, it doesn't always work out. I've had a couple of attempts. Uh, I, I mean, I, I had to say that you can you can look back on life and and see a lot of attempts 
to uh, for restitution things that you've done things that nag at you and you you, you wish you had done something different um, but I'll tell you there's one time there's me and this this uh, this this other this other boy we were not very nice to each other we weren't very nice to each other he wasn't very nice to me, but I was, uh, in return, much worse to him. And it really just, high school was not, was not very friendly between us two. And, and, uh, and still, as years went on, whenever I would think about it, and I would think about uh, you know, where he might be and all that stuff, I, I feel really upset with myself. And we'll just call, his, we'll just call him Vinny for, uh, for the hell of it. And I... I finally found him somewhere that I could reach him, and I think it was probably around the time around 2000, probably around 2006 or seven, where everybody started getting on Facebook uh, when we were in college or just getting out of college. And I said, you know what, I gotta look for him, and uh, I did. I found him. I reached out and I, I said, hey, hey, man, listen, I know it's been a long time, and I know we didn't really have a, an easy go of it, and I, I think about uh, the stupid things going on between us things i said in response to thing you know not not measured responses anything like that i pretty much owned up to it i don't have to give you the details in fact i don't remember a lot of them anymore i just know i tried and uh i remember the response i got was frank i i hey hey i appreciate your you reaching out and high school was a long time ago but uh i'm not interested in being friends and i just i said all right man that's no problem and I, uh, that's the last time we spoke. That was probably 2007. We, we didn't have a good time with each other. But um, I wasn't even really looking to be friends. Just, I don't know, acquaintances? Anyway, you, you can't have everything. But it went, a, it went a, a long way in just making me feel all right with me having been able to done anything I, I could to have righted what I what my responsibility of the situation was. So I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about other things when I, I put this together. But let's start seeing what you guys and gals had said, all right? And you can call in at 914-595-6953, or you can go into Discord. There is a restitution line in there that you can jump into. We will, we will uh, take a, a glimpse over there from time to time. Here you go. First one up is from, from Photograph Remote. 1316 Photograph says I made a snap judgment about my neighbor They have been nothing but helpful but due to some very deep-rooted trust issues in protecting my daughters I made a really bad mental assessment of the gentleman across the road and steered clear of him until his wife passed away I deprived myself of making a wonderful connection with his wife when she was here and uh, when she was here she was an earth angel so after her passing, I started to get to know him, and he was left heartbroken. He was left heartbroken. Once I started talking to him, I realized what a wonderful and beautiful family he really has. So now I'm helping to support him with his son, who is autistic, which is the field I worked in for well over 10 years. His son has been very unwell, so I put myself toward uh, forward to help with his son's rehabilitation as being of a service of my is my ethos. And it is a free exchange of energies and to correct such an awful misconstrued view I had of him. He keeps offering payment, but I don't, I won't take anything from him. 
He has had enough taken from him already. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Uh, that is, uh, d d does that does that resonate with any of you out there? I'd have to imagine so. And it gets, it, it, I mean, they're all beautiful. They're all beautiful, these entries. But we'll keep it up. Here you go. This is from Adrian. Adrian said, Frank, you made a comment today that made me think, oh, this was part of the reason why I started this thread. It was this email, and then it got me thinking about restitution in my life. And that that's when I put this thread out. And it was from Adrian right here because I copied the email and pasted it in there as the first entry on this thread. Adrian knew, of course. Frank, you made a comment today that made me think of this. When I was 13, around 1971-72, my friend and I went to the next door neighborhood over several times and panhandled door to door posing as Boy Scouts looking for extra change or deposits from return bottles. I got candy and cigarette money from several houses which twinged my conscience for years. About 20 years ago, I approached a house I knew I had, I knew had contributed and I told the woman who answered the door that I wanted to pay restitution as I handed her a $5 bill, which I thought the six-pack deposit would be equivalent to. Of course, she refused it and said that she did the same thing regarding her childhood indiscretions. I don't know for sure if she was the homeowner years prior, but that didn't matter. I can't believe I didn't ask, actually. There was a sense of clean that followed that, that encounter. There was no amount of money that can buy a clean conscience. I would be very interested to hear others' stories. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever on the on the fence as to whether or not you should email or whether or not you ever had a, uh, a you know, wanted to share a really great conversation you had, a, a topic, a, an experience you had, anything, it can, it can it can blossom into wonderful topics like this. Thank you, Adrian. And that is a a stirring story. Here's from Experiment 229. Years ago, my grandma asked me to exchange the brakes on her car. They have an alley entrance garage where I completed the job. I forgot to pump the brakes before taking the car out for a test drive. The brake pedal hit the floor and the car rolled out of the garage into the neighbor's fence, breaking a number of the wooden pickets. Without hesitation, Grandpa surveyed the damage and we went directly to the home center where he purchased the replacement pickets. When we returned to install them, the neighbor was out in the yard frustrated about his fence. Grandpa simply told him the story and showed him the replacement pickets. I was right behind him with the hammer and the nails and Grandpa and I fixed the neighbor's fence. It was, an inter it was interesting to see how, the upset, how upset the neighbor was with no outlet for that emotion since the process of restitution was already underway. Grandpa never asked me to pay for the pickets and still paid me for replacing the brakes on the car. Very interesting. Let's take a call from Chris from Wisconsin. Chris, what do you got for us? Hey, what's up, Frank? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. You got a restitution story for us tonight? Uh, actually, I wanted to bring up Dr. Zelenko if I could. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I just want to say, you know, I might have to nominate him for a June Badass as well. Uh, I did already send you in one uh, that, that I think is pretty good. But, um, yeah, man, just listening to him, just it gave me goosebumps, you know. Yes. Uh, he's, he's 
truly a, a beacon of light uh, with everything that's going on. So. Well, well, Chris, I got to say, first of all, thank you for if if we didn't get I passed everything along to John Carroll, quite frankly, writer who helped me compile all the uh, all of the badasses for the month of June, which I can't wait to start doing. And we had a little spillover. So we already started putting some aside for 2023. But I can't I can't say for sure just yet who is who made the cut in 2022 or else that would ruin at least one night but you're right he yeah, is yeah yeah i don't want to don't want to spoiler it but <laughs> no he's a great he's a great nominee he's a great nominee chris and i i appreciate it and you're 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 spot on yeah actually i heard him uh, in his last interview he did with dave from x22 uh, and it was also very you know just amazing i um i sent it to my older brother who i've been trying to explain everything that's going on to him um and he's just—he's still just not getting it, which just makes me makes me pretty sad. But um, you know, do so much I can do. Yeah, no, you do. You do what you can, and you did what you can. That's all you can do is pass along info, especially when it is info from authoritative sources, people who are in a certain field, and you can't pretend to be uh, in the know like a like a doctor is. So you did what you could, Chris, and I appreciate the call. Thank you. All right, thanks a lot, man. Have a good night. Be well, you too. Hey, Chrissy from West Virginia, what do you got for us? Hello, Frank and everybody around the world. I have a restitution story. Go ahead. Um, back when I lived up in Syracuse and I was going to school up there, and I uh, lived in like a two-level flat with like four roommates downstairs and then four upstairs in a different apartment but was connected by a back stair. And um, the gas bill was in my name. And uh, as rough and tough as uh, Syracuse winters are from October to April, um, I had uh, roommates that weren't paying the bill. Hmm. And I was just like, uh, this ain't going to happen, people. So I actually had a boyfriend at the time and moved into his place. And I pretty much uh, took the bill out of my name. So that was like the rude awakening for my roommates who, you know, weren't doing anything to, you know, keep priorities uh, straight. And then um, I also ditched the landlord for like probably, you know, um, a couple months, right, if not three. So uh, years later, I was probably about 30, and I was just like, you know what, that Bernie guy in Syracuse, like, man, that sucks, you know, because like who knows what my housemates did too, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just like sent him a check saying, hey, um, sorry about that, and here's your money, so... Wow! So you paid you paid uh, you paid some back rent from years later. He, I, I did. Did you get a response? I did not get a response. Did the did the check did the check get cashed? Went to his family. What? Did the check get cashed? Um, I probably sent a money order. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was gonna I was gonna say you you would know if it, if the check was cashed at least. Yeah, I did a money order. I'm pretty sure. Well, hey, listen, that that is definitely a an act of restitution right there, Chrissy, and I'm and I hope that he was alive to receive it. Um but then again, he you didn't get a response. Did you did it go in uh in a did you send him in, in an envelope with a return address and everything? I did, so nothing ever got sent back. Mm. So. Well, let's Who knows? Only only God knows, but um I did my best, you know, to make amends. Well, let's hope that he that it found him well. And as for your your crummy roommates, I mean that's just what college is all about. 
Well, one of the crummy movements is now a Seattle council member. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. You're on a a city council in Seattle, and you have a history of not paying your bills. What do you know? It's hysterical. Anyway, Uh, and she stole a lot of things as a single mom. Anyway, anyway. Well, thank you. But anyway. Thank you for the the call, Chrissy. That's great. Night-night. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, all you need to look into is the background of... Bernie Sanders. What do you think Bernie Sanders' past was like? <clears throat> what do you think his past was like? Never had a job ever? These are the type of people who go work for government. Here's a here's a story from Bill Levisier. Bill says, sadly and unfortunately naive, I once voted for Mittens, Mitt Romney. I was at the, I was the beginning of a very dark time in my life. In 2016, I saw my chance for redemption, and I cleared my conscience and voted for Donald Trump. My gosh, it was exhilarating, and I was rewarded with four great and prosperous years. And since, we all seem to have a tendency to be gluttonous. I did it again in 2020. So due to my gluttony, I'm now being punished yet again with some effing nut ruining my life and my country, being hard-headed and stubborn. I sometimes don't learn the lessons that I should, so I'm really tempted to vote for Donald J. Trump at the very next chance I have. He's just ready to jump right back in. Which, of course, the worst part, and somebody responded, algorithm, algorithm for the win says they are all friends. Vote with your wallet instead. I'd say the worst part about all that stuff is that, I mean, there should not be a situation in which one person or another can be in occupying one office, an office that might be about 450 square feet in Washington, D.C., a little swampy area of the country. That could be powerful enough to ruin people's lives or impact them negatively uh, hundreds, if not thousands of miles away. So it's the actual, the system. That's what's, that's what's bad here. Or else it's always going to be this, 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 uh, this game hopping one hot potato from one foot to the next. But either way, every leap is always a a, a lurch into the wrong direction. Some leaps are just longer than others. Sharon. Sharon says, Frank, within my family, there have been many rifts between siblings. One was irreparable. For my own mental health, I wrote letters to my brother and sister, thanking them for all the things they meant to me and had done with my, uh, had done with my life and my children throughout our many years together. Recreating memories within myself and reminding of how grateful I was for all the moments we had shared, it brought me peace of mind and reminded me to always be grateful and thankful for even the things that have been lost. Sending the letters helped me immensely. Thank you for listening. Kathy Drama says, did you receive any responses? And she says, I did receive a response, Sharon says. With my brother, we don't see each other since the lockdowns, and I made the decision not to take the shot, but we talk on occasion on the phone. My sister and I chat back and forth through messenger apps, so it did help a bit. Well, that's good. Happy to hear it. Very happy to hear it. Let's take a call. 720, you're on the air. What's going on? 
Hey, not a much, not a me too. I got a redemption story for you. Great. Who's this? Uh, this is Marcus from uh, Denver. Marcus from Denver. Let, okay, so I'm, I'm. You start with your redemption story, and I'm going to save you in here, so I know who you are next time. Go okay. ahead. All right, man. So yeah, man. Um, I really got fucked up in the drugs, like in the late nineties or two thousand. Okay, hold on, Marcus. And, hold on, uh, hold on, Marcus. Hold on, hold on. You're mumbling. So I think you said you got messed up on drugs in the nineties. That's that's right. Okay, that's so right. so be nice and articulate so people know what you're saying. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I got sober, and I actually got weirder when I got sober. I was on the holier-than-thou mission. Are you still with me? Uh, yeah, I'm listening. Yeah. So what, uh, what happened was I really started freaking out on all the people that I was hanging around with uh, doing drugs. Um, and I ended up, I ended up, uh, uh, robbing one of these drug dealers and, um, yeah, it was, it was horrible. It was one of the worst decisions that I ever, uh, made in my life. And then I went off and I joined the Coast Guard and I joined the military and kind of got some discipline in my life. And then I came back and I ran into his sister. And I kept running into his sister because I was working in the bar industry. Mm. And the bar industry in Denver is very relative. Like, everybody kind of knows everybody. And, uh, yeah, um, I tried to uh, give uh, his sister the money back. But long story short, I saw him in the bar after he got out of prison. We're doing the same shit I did, so... Yeah. So, so you you were able to uh, you were able to make right with him face to face. How how much money did you take from him, dude? It wasn't about the money; it was about the drugs. Yeah. Oh, so okay. Well, all, all the equivalent. I gaffed them for uh, yeah. I gaffed them for a second. I don't know. It wasn't that big. It was like maybe a quarter ounce. Wasn't even nothing. But I still feel bad about it to this day. Oh, yeah. And well, I, I had to work hand-in-hand hand with her sister, and I knew that she recognized me, and I knew that I recognized her. But we kept it quiet. Like, we kept it all professional in, in the service industry. And it was just like, and then one day we actually talked about it, and I was like, yo, if ever I can give that money back or do anything, I would. Well, that's is, one of the, uh, the big regrets of my life, man. I, well, Marcus, Marcus, I hope I hope that it, I hope that it did well. It definitely did well for you, and I hope that it cleared up a lot. And I hope that that whatever little money you gave him that really cleared things up, and you were able to just have an exchange. Hopefully, that put him on the right track, because obviously, you guys went into two different directions after your after your 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 lives on uh, or on drugs. I mean, one he was just getting out of jail, and you were already out of the Coast Guard. You had righted the ship. Uh, no pun intended. That's right. So uh, ho- hopefully he uh, he went off and he did his thing, but at least you took care of your own business. Thank you for the call, Marcus. Great call. All right, man. Have, talk to you later. Have a good one. There you go. Hopefully everybody, you can only go so far, you know. Only go so far. All right. What do we have here? Seven fifty-five. Let's go to uh, let's go to Discord in 
Discord, we have, okay, YouTube blows goats. What's going on? Restitution story. Hello. Three, two, and okay. All right, let's take another call. Four zero one, you are on the air. What is good? Hey, Frank, how you doing? I've been uh, listening to you for like three years. My name's Mike. I'm in Rhode Island. Wonderful. I got a great restitution story for you. I can't wait to hear it, Mike. While you all you tell me, I'm going to add you here, Mike from Rhode Island. Thanks for listening all that time, my friend. Go ahead. Oh, thanks for being on. You rock, dude. Thank you. you. Rock. And everybody who listens knows this. Thank so, you. So, anyway, my, my best friend of 30 years, right? We had a bumpy few years where we weren't really too much of friends. You know, we actually were pretty much enemies. But anyway, it was like, you know, during our high school years. And he became friends with another kid named Mike. Uh, this other guy, Mike, harmless, wouldn't hurt a fly, nice guy. Well, Mike's mom was kind of hot. And at school, everybody was like, hey, Jewish, would you do Mike's mom? And he's like, yeah, I would. Even though it was like, you know, it was a good friend. It hurt his friend's feelings. He's like, why would you say that? And he goes, what are you going to do about it? They got into a big fight. My buddy Jewish beat the bag out of this kid. He broke his nose. He broke his cheekbone. He didn't mean it. You know, he was his friend. And just peer pressure got him to, you know, just, oh, join him with everybody else. Yeah, yeah bang Mike's mom. And now I'm going to bang Mike up. So anyway, he screwed this kid up bad, and he felt really bad about it. He tried to go back to his house, apologized to him. The kid's family ran him out of there. They tried to sue him over the damages. Mm. Uh, they, want, he, they wanted nothing to do with each other. So many years go by. Me and my friend George were really great friends, and the one thing he always mentioned over the years is how he felt bad about what he did to that kid. You know, he's like, I, I've always felt bad. I've always wanted to apologize. I just never could. So now... Well, flash forward a few years, my buddy's dying of cancer, and now he's been sick for a while, and now it's gotten to the point where he's, he knows he's dying. And I said, you got any regrets over your life? I mean, you, you've, you've pretty much cleaned everything up, and he goes, the one thing I regret is not being able to apologize to that kid, Mike. So, come to, you know, throughout that last year, I ended up befriending Mike's mom, but didn't know it was Mike's mom. So mm. one night, she mentions that her son actually knows me. And I said, oh, really? Who's, who's your son? And she tells me. I was like, oh, crap. You know, I'm best friends with George. And she's like, yeah, he told me that. And she wasn't very happy. You know, she's still, over all these years, still at the grudge. Right. So one night, Mike comes into my work, and we start shooting the, the breeze. And this kid totally knows what I'm talking about with the New World Order and everything else. I was like, wow, you know who woke me up to this? was George. And he's like, how's he doing? I'm like, he's dying of cancer. He's like, oh, that's too bad. And I was like, listen, this is his biggest regret. Is the time you guys got into that fight. And he goes, oh, I forgive him. I go, I think he needs to hear it from you. Hmm. So I set us all up for a cup of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts one morning. And we sat there for probably like 45 minutes. I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to see you later. And they were like, what, 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 what? And I'm like, yeah, you guys you guys got some talking to do. Hatch it out, whatever. That kid, Mike, when my buddy got really sick and was in the hospital, that guy, Mike, went to the hospital every single day wow. to visit him. I mean, you want to talk restitution. He got restitution for sure. He got a a great friend out of it in the end and unfortunately it was his end days but he got what he needed he was the only closure he was looking for was that he had found jesus he had found everything else long before he even had the cancer and then sure enough you know just fate threw this kid mike into my lap and i was like listen the one thing that he regrets is that fight so 
It is a great story. I got more restitution stories about George anyway, but I won't get into all of them tonight. I, wanna, I don't want to hold you up and let more callers Oh, Mike. Uh, it, Mike, this was a, a wonderful call. Wonderful call. I, I, and I, I'm glad I got your story here because I can't wait to get more calls from you. I, I th- Thank you for That is such a wonderful story. Sad, of course, but also joyous in, in the way that, you know, your your buddy George was able to really clean up everything everything that was nagging at him and and the fact that there was that that late phase in uh, in life friendship from a, a place that you, they they both thought was probably impossible and and long gone a dead limb for so many years that that's just wonderful it's a great story thank you so much for sharing it with us no problem frank thanks for giving me the time and thanks for listening and and thank you for having put together such a great show every single night. Every single night, you bring it, and it's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have I, a great night, Frank. Thank you. Thank you. I, 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 I try my ass off. I really do. I really try my ass off. Uh, it's 8 o'clock. Here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. I am not going to do a, um intermission because I have to go to the bathroom. And the intermission is, I don't know, it's only like two minutes and the bathroom's down the hall. So I I, want to be able to walk and not sprint. So I'm going to play you a a single from my band. It's a really chill number. It hits me right in the feels. It really does. It gets me right there. But most importantly, I, I just need to run to the bathroom and I need an extra minute and a half than the intermission would afford me. So I'm going to play you the music video for our single vapor and i think it's a little bit more in line with the 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 mood tonight so i hope you enjoy it and i will talk to you in just a few minutes don't go anywhere we have more stories we'll be on air for another 20 25 minutes having a great time thank you so much
You know, we've never played that song live. I gotta talk to the guys about that tonight. I gotta talk to the guys about that tonight. I love that song. Um... All right, so we're back here, and I want to get to the Super Chats real quick because we are on a schedule. A little bit of a tighter one than we usually are. Stovestube a minute ago, and remember, all of the Super Chats on Tipistream this week are going to be sent to OurAmazingGrace.net. And, uh, yes, here we go. Stostube says, a bit of support for the Grace Fund brother. Our thoughts and prayers will always be there for her family and what they are going through. And behind them, the th the countless thousands of families that are, are experienced and have experienced what they did. The stories we heard getting smuggled out of hospitals and smuggled out of small towns all across America because nobody wanted to hear what, was, what they were saying. Nobody wanted to hear what was going wrong and how they were being treated in hospitals. A situation that Dr. Zelenko really threw down for. Uh, Degenerate Dan says, I had the MPOX. I had the MPOX, so I went to the Davos Festival and let them pass me around like a peace pipe. You're welcome. Oh, this donation is for our amazing grace. Very awesome idea, Frank. Let's get to 1,000 people. Any money we will. Don't worry. Don't worry. And there you go. Rev Olution says, Happy Taco Tuesday. Another... Un, uh, un, oh, God, I can't read it. Oh, another shilling toward the efforts, Lord, frankly, and grace. Said another mass... Uh, said another, Sad that another mass shooting incident is being uh, foisted to push their disarmament agenda. Hey, remember, I, remember what I always say about this stuff here, too. We live in a very sick, sick... Uh, culture. The culture has been made very, very sick from a psychological programming standpoint, from a, a broken family standpoint, from a, obviously, entertainment and education is all part of the psychological. Then you have the medical. There's just so much going on. It is a culture that has been designed to produce tragedy. So always remember that, ladies and gentlemen. It's not that every last uh, uh, crazy teenage boy that goes and kills classmates has voice-to-skull tech... Somebody's whispering into his ear, voice-to-skull technology or uh, active denial systems going. Not that every last one has that going on. There's just This is just what a, a severely debilitated society is going to produce. And if you are a um, Machiavellian, opportunistic, vampiristic cabal of crazy sociopathic bastards who want to completely wipe all traces of what used to be a free and open and truly liberal society off the face of the earth, then all you got to do is just sit and wait and then point all of your, your television cameras in one place and have your... your uh, your anchors, your news anchors with the pancake makeup every night, just going on and on and crying their crocodile tears, and and that's how you make a business out of the uh, out of human lives. 
They do it with everything. So it's it's sad. But thank you, Rev. Genuine Patriot says, Hey Frank, what are you doing for our what what you are doing for our amazing grace.net is really awesome. Thank you for shining a light on this truly horrifying story. It needs to be shared far and wide. Well, I'm glad that we were able to do it. I'm glad that we were, again, able to do it together. I appreciate you all for being a part of it. Over there on Rumble, Selling the Farm says, This is for Grace. That was a great show, Frank. Selling the Farm, quite frankly, the gift that keeps on giving. Boy, do I hope so. And on the foxhole, you know, last night on Quite Frankly TV, we had a two uh, a two feature. There was a main feature and then a late night feature for Mystery Movie Mondays. The first one was They Live, so They Live went on first, right after the show. People were really digging that. And then by the time I was able to jump into the chat room and see how everybody was, Sharknado was playing. I immediately texted Abe and I said, yeah, oh, we, we've got to get Kung Fury into the lineup then because Kung Fury is on the is on like it's it's in the ballpark of uh, of Sharknado. It's actually some really good movement in Kung Fury, like the, the guy that they got as the main character. I, it's been years since I saw it, but I just like this guy has has his good you know, like Rob would approve of the balance that the guy has it, it was good movement it really was so I was surprised by that but it was all it was just put into a uh, almost like a, a very arcadey VHS cheesy kind of a theme a filter if you will maybe one day CB Joey 321 I'm usually in bed when you go live because I get up super early here's what I have left for the donation. Thank you so much, CB Joey, and I hope you have a wonderful night's sleep. I had a decent sleep last night, too. Decent sleep. You get enough done, you feel like you can sleep easier. PQuest, thank you. MN Artist, thank you. Sean Joe, throwing cookies my way. CeeLo Azuro said, did you recommend, did you recommend The Rape of the Mind? Excellent book club on PSYOP on us written in 1956. No, I, I have not even heard of that until now, so I couldn't have recommended it, but thank you for the recommendation, CeeLo. I'll look into it. Thank you, Swickly. Swickly says, please give a shout out to my older brother, Mike. I'm praying for him every day to wake up. Shout out to Mike. Mike, wake up. <laughs> Just come on. The hell are you waiting for? Jeez. Peppy Wujek says some Secret Nature CBD and Vapor will go great together. Yeah. Smoking a little bit of uh, Papaya Nights and you listen to Vapor. Thoughts are a lot like Vapor. Gotta play that live one night. C. Blanche, awesome song. Thank you. Dr. Hoffman, for Sweet Angel Grace and the other lost ones, God rest their souls. For Grace and may there be retribution. For her and others. In this life or the next, Dr. Hoffman. In this life or the next. I have a birthday over here. This is from Connor, I believe. He says, hello, Frank. I was hoping you can give my brother a shout-out for his birthday this week. His name is Griffin Bob. And like me, he listens to you religiously and finds comfort in the show. 
Without a doubt, your show helps him to cope with this timeline, which has now become something of a sadistic comedy. That's a great way of putting it. Thank you for everything you and your show does for him. Thanks, man. Always. Best show out there. Signed, Strange Days. Well, Griffin Bob, you and your brother, thank you guys for making this a, a brotherly a brotherly experience, and I hope that I don't drop the ball. I'm going to always try to find a way to make this not too disappointing. 8.15, back to our thread here, because I want to get through a few more before I see the guys walk through the front door, and then all of a sudden, I'm off to the races. Let's see here. It's me, Valerie. Valerie says, Frank, I've worked in a restaurant since I was 16, and for years we would have a blind man who would come in to eat fairly regularly. He would come along and ask for some help, like going over the menu, cutting his steak, buttering bread, paying his bill, etc. As the hostess, I would often be the one who would assist him with these things. I was never mean, but as a bratty teenager, I am ashamed to say that I was annoyed. I hurried. Let's see here. I hurried up and did what he needed so I can get up and leave his table. At the time, I saw this as an inconvenience at my job, and I'm sure that he could sense my abruptness. He would sit there alone for his whole meal. Uh, Years went by, and I didn't see the blind man, and I started to think about him and wonder if he was okay. Guilt set in that I had brushed him off when when he wanted to go out and have a meal like a regular person. Oh, now you're making me just, you're crushing me right now, uh, Valerie. This is also reminding me a little bit of that Ernest Hemingway short story, A Clean, Well-Lighted Place. The guilt of me being so dismissive of this man grew stronger over the years. Two weeks ago, I saw a post on my community's Facebook page about a local blind deaf man who needed assistance a few times a week walking his dog, just just someone to walk alongside of him to help him avoid hazards. This tugged at my heart and even started tearing up a little because I immediately thought of the man from the restaurant. I quickly commented that I would love to help. The blind man, Paul, is able to communicate through text. He has a braille device that is somehow hooked up to an iPhone. I can read sign language and when done in his palm, uh, I, I can read sign language when done in his palm. Uh, Paul and I texted for about a week before we had our first walk. For someone who is blind and deaf, this man has such a great outlook on life and a sense of humor. He began texting me in Italian because he said he used to read his grandfather's lips, who spoke Italian, before he completely lost his sight and learned the language that way. We went on a few walks and he barely needed my help. He knew when the turns were coming up and when we were back home. It's truly inspiring. Paul and I still text every day, even if we're not going on a walk. I'm teaching myself sign language so I can communicate better with him, something that was never on my radar to learn. I feel so bad that I was such a jerk to the blind man who used to come in to eat, and I wish I could go back in time and be nicer, or find him now and see how he's doing. But I'm trying to do, well, I'm trying to, uh, but I'm trying to do right going forward and help another blind person in his honor. I bet I could have learned a lot from him, and I'm sure that he would have approached, uh, appreciated a stranger being kind. I'm proud and honored that I now get to help Paul, and we're becoming good friends. Paul offered me money for the walks, but I declined. Just helping him and getting to know such an amazing person is all I can ask for. Little does he know that he is the one helping me. 
that is tremendous. That's tremendous. You wanted to talk about Ukraine tonight? Is that really why you came here? That's great. Let's see here. <clears throat> what else do we have? Um... Hold on. I'm trying to I'm just trying to find a few others. There's a couple of really long ones here, so I just want to get through some of the others too. Here's from Exiled Dolly. Or Exiled Dalian. Said Frank, the only person I love more than anything in this world is my mother. I can honestly say I love her more than life itself. During my descent into the dark, darkest period of my life, I wanted to end it all. My mother's the only tether that I had to this world, and I wanted to break it and cut loose. I wanted to push myself away from her in hopes that she would abandon me completely, but she didn't. She's strong and a loving mother. I spent countless hours in introspection of how I can love someone so much and my actions be the complete opposite. Imagine how that is. This morning, I asked for her forgiveness. This was 19 days ago. This morning I asked for her forgiveness and pledged I would do my best to change. We spent all day talking and reconnecting like we haven't in years. I was helping her a couple of minutes ago with some computer work and as soon as she left the room I turned on the latest quite frankly episode for the relaxing evening and making restitution flashed across the screen. Never doubt the power of positive energy. Very happy very happy for that I hope it continues hope your building continues building that up let's see here man this is this is good I think I only have a couple more left um let's see I a few years back this is from Garwood a few years back and I'll take one more call for the night I was doing some last-minute Christmas shopping in a large department store, the type of store that had 25 or so checkout lines, but only seven or eight of them were open. It was Christmas Eve, and apparently everyone in my town had waited until that time to do their last-minute shopping as well. The place was a madhouse. You know what? I miss those Christmas Eves. I miss that. Um, th there were a couple of Christmas Eves where I was, in a, I was in a bind, and I really hadn't gotten much for anybody, and I also didn't have a lot of money. Say well, for, well, you know, do you, you just tell people I wish I can get people stuff this, but I don't have the money. It's not like that. You you feel like you have to go out on a limb. It's it's a compulsive thing. It's you you want to give, and um, you guys and gals out there know what I mean. But when I started getting better about saving little bits of money throughout the year, making sure that I get things for people throughout the year when I see them in little places where they're not a lot of money. And just being strategic about things. Whenever Christmas Eve rolled around and I wasn't pressed for time and needing last-minute gifts or anything, I would just go to malls or Kohl's or something like that just to be just to be around the craziness because it was a lot of fun. It, it there was a lot. Obviously, I'm around a lot of stressed-out people. But um, there was also a lot of fun there. There was a lot of anticipation. You know, as much as people are stressed, the second that they get that last gift and they say everybody's accounted for, then they can start breathing again. And then it just becomes, I don't know, it's just, I just love every aspect of the holidays, even the stressful parts. 
really do especially if you have people around to share it with that's always the 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 greatest um payoff at the end and that's becoming a little bit uh whatever but here it is Back to Christmas. Anyways, I thought I had found everything I needed. I proceeded to make my way to the checkout. As I approached, I started scanning all the lines, as most of us do, looking at everyone's carts to see how much stuff they all have. Each checkout line was about six or seven deep with people, all with full carts. And then I saw it at the very end of the row. There was a line with only a couple of people, and they each only had a few items. So jackpot. I was there. So I head down to the end of the row, and as I get in line, I notice the people in front of me, as well as the cashier, all turn to look at me kind of funny. I stared blankly back at them, happy to have found this quick way out of the madness. When it was my turn to check out, I noticed there wasn't anyone behind me. So I said to the cashier, a cute girl, maybe 19 or 20 years old, something along the lines of, I can't believe I'm the only one in your line. This is crazy. To which she responds, my line is actually closed, sir, but that's okay. So I turned around and looked and green light indicating if she's open or not is turned off and there's even a checkout close sign on the entrance of her register. No wonder that they all looked at me funny. Frank, I felt like a complete idiot. It was like I was that guy, the guy who disregards lights and signs because he's apparently more important than everyone else. And on Christmas Eve, for crying out loud, I wanted to grab a plastic bag, put it over my head and suffocate myself. I honestly didn't look to see if her light was on, and I apparently didn't see the sign either. Well, to my surprise, she didn't seem mad at me, though. She was actually very friendly. As I apologized profusely, she kept saying not to worry about it, that it's Christmas. But it was just happy to be around to go out, uh, uh, but she was just happy to be able to go to the bathroom now. So, ouch. As I uh, thanked her over and over, like a weirdo lunatic, my I finally made my way toward the exit. It felt like every person in that line store was shooting red lasers, laser beams in my eyes, and I couldn't get to my car. So to make a long story even longer, a few weeks later, it was still weighing on me big time. Don't beat yourself up over this, my friend. That's a jackpot. You're right. So I decided to go back to the store to see if she was working that day, which she was. I grabbed a $50 gift card off the shelf, went to the checkout, and stood in line. When it was my turn, I asked her if she remembered me, the whole Christmas Eve store checkout fiasco, to which she smiled, shaking her head no. See? See? Sometimes we put too much weight on ourselves. Looking at me intently, trying to remember. Then she said, I see so many faces each day, but no, I'm really sorry. And she rang up the gift card. She then went to hand it to me, but I told her to keep it, that I wanted her to have it as a token of my appreciation for just being kind and patient person, something we don't see much of these days. As I walked away, she seemed a bit confused and surprised, saying, wow, thank you so much, sir. I don't know what to say. I, repro- I replied, you don't need to say anything. Just keep being you. So that's a pretty good moral. Now, yeah. I guess there is uh, that's another thing there too. Things that we think that we need to make some retribution on maybe are things that we just put too much weight on ourselves. But either way, at the end you feel better and it compels you to do something nice for somebody then it compels you to do something nice for the world. Because maybe she paid it forward. Who knows what she used that $50 on? Maybe drugs. Perhaps that's why she was so friendly. She was completely fucking stoned. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe you gave her the Applebee's card. And then that's fine. Because after she does the drugs, then she can go eat a two for 20 all by herself. 
But anyway, I thank you all so much for the time here tonight. The band is here. They're probably waiting for me. It's 826, and I need to go. You've been wonderful to me. Good evening. Email me. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now our super chatter, starting with Mr. Manatee and selling the farm on Rumble. Thank you guys and gals so much. To all of my wonderful friends and patrons over there on quitefrankly.tv, on the foxhole, I'm releasing the scratch it right now. May you scratch your arse satisfactorily. And to Natalie J. Natalie J on the tip of stream. Thank you so much. One Way Mel and Lenny Kinney, I'm going to read all of your stuff tomorrow for sure. I have to go tonight, but thank you Natalie, One Way Mel, Lenny Kinney, Stostube, Degenerate Dan, Rev Olution, Genuine Patriot. Thank you guys and gals, and thank you to everybody on Rockfin who's hanging out and doing their good deed. And that's relaxing. Tomorrow's another day. Thank you for tonight. Yeah.